What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Making the Turn, the premier green industry podcast that highlights professionals across many areas, including golf course management, sports turf, sales, business, education, landscaping, and more. Making the Turn is hosted by me, BJ Parker. I've spent nearly 25 years in the green industry, mostly as a golf course superintendent, and now I want to bring the knowledge and insight from myself and the many people I've met and continue to meet along the way. Making the Turn will provide valuable content for those looking to learn from others, gain useful tips and tricks, and be better in their daily lives. You can find Making the Turn on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please be sure to rate, review, share, and subscribe. It helps keep the podcast growing and getting better. Thanks for listening, and welcome to another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. What is going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Making the Turn podcast. I'm your host, BJ Parker, and I appreciate you joining me. Thanks for um, all your uh, listeners. Uh, Appreciate all the love, and um, just keep uh, sharing it and Doing your thing, I, we're uh, growing pretty good, so I appreciate it. Today, I've got a guest with me, um, Darren Reese. He's the uh, director of communications for Golf House Tennessee. How you doing, sir? Good, good, BJ. I appreciate you having me, man. I appreciate you good doing this. Good to have this. you out here at Golf House this morning. I appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, I I kicked around that uh, saying you're probably one of the most popular guys with, within the Golf House right now. You get you're all over the social media and everything. That's kind of your gig, though, isn't it? Yeah, that's what they brought me in to do. Yeah. I, I've been here two and a half years now, and Chad brought me in to kind of run run the social media, do the website. Like I, I'll do a little bit of everything around here. So yeah. um, just, I'm kind of uh, whatever anybody needs. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, we haven't fish officially met until this morning. We've kind of kicked around talking over social media and doing some things. And you interviewed me back when you were doing the COVID uh fireside chats which was a lot of fun and i enjoyed doing that and but uh, i'm glad to sit down and talk with you and uh just um chat about whatever we're going to get into yeah, let's, let's do it yeah. it's a, a rainy day outside not much not much else to do so. yeah it's um for those that are all over the place we're in middle tennessee this mm-hmm. is franklin tennessee a golf house this is this is i guess the home of kind of the golf in tennessee for amateur pros everybody kind of works out here don't they yeah so we're uh home here at golf house in franklin like you said to uh all the governing bodies of golf in the state of course we have the uh the section pga upstairs and then we have the tennessee golf association which runs all the amateur events across the state and then of course the the uh, tennessee golf foundation which uh they do all the junior golf, yep. uh, like Brant Snedeker's the the Sneds Tour, um, they do Special Olympics, uh, PGA Hope, uh, Tennessee Middle School Golf Association. Yep. So they they do anything that's related to, to juniors in in that area. So um, there's there's a lot that goes on out here. Of course, we also have the uh, the par three course, sure. and they do a lot of. Um, we have two instructors here, uh, Galen Coot and Valerie Vaughn, and they. They always have clinics going on and uh, lessons, and so even during quarantine, it's it's been a busy a busy yeah. place around here. So. Yeah. So, what is it that you are you involved with all the different associations and organizations that that are here? Do you sort of rotate around doing that and kind of kind of summarize kind of what it is you do on a daily basis? So originally. Two and a half years ago, uh, like I said, Chad Anderson brought me in here. Um, I think he's been a guest on on your show already. Uh, Chad brought me in. He's the, uh, the uh, 
executive director of the the TGA, the Tennessee Golf Association, and they made a new a new position for uh, communications. And so I came in and did that. And then, you know, a year or so later, Whit Turnbow came along. To he is the president of the foundation now, and uh, they also had a need for to get the social media going. I mean, yeah. before before I came, everybody was kind of trying to do social media while they were also running tournaments and stuff. You know, they'd snap a picture right. and post it or whatever. But um, just in today's age, you got to have some kind of presence on social media just to kind of get your your message out there and kind of enhance your brand. And, you know, Wit, Wit saw a need for that. So started do, working with the SNED store and the, the foundation. And then this year I also did a little bit for the PGA. So... Uh, I was able to hire two interns for the first time this year, and we just kind of split up the work, and, you know, we try to hit everybody's, you know, key events. You know, TGA has the State Am, State Open, and then SNED Store has big events, and so we just kind of juggle that. And at the same time, you know, we're also in here putting together, you know, printed material and promotional stuff and, you know, trying to line up, you know, sponsors and, you know, we – right. We do a little bit of everything. So, <laughs> uh, it, it's been a busy year. I mean, everybody thinks that, you know, coronavirus has slowed things down, but that right. definitely hasn't been the case in the golf business. So. No, I can attest to that. It's been it's been kind of unusual in a lot of ways that uh, golf has kind of skyrocketed when other, a lot of other industries and, you know, people have just kind of taken a turn. So, um, you know, it, it's, you know, and what I do, it's been, it's been noticeable that, you know, increase in play, uh, a lot of lot of activity. Maybe new golfers are out there playing around. You know, getting back into the game if they've been out of it for a while. I've just seen, you know, constant amounts of inflow of people. So, I think it's good. I think it's probably here to stay. And yeah. and uh, I think that um, you know you'll find that this adjustment with all the corona and all that we've gotten through golf has kind of gotten a second win. I yeah, think. Yeah, I mean, we we hear stories all the time about you know people that haven't played golf in twenty years, and you know all of a sudden they're sitting at home and. Yeah, you know, don't have anything to do, so they're trying to find yep. some, a set of used golf clubs or something. And I mean, like I told you before, especially here at the the little course. I mean, you come out here any afternoon, and there's cars parked all the way to the main road. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's just been very noticeable the the increase in in traffic around here. Of, I mean, not only people playing, but you know, kids coming out and yeah. taking lessons for the first time or getting in one of our clinics. And I mean. From a TGA perspective, I know across the board. I mean, all of our tournaments, our tournaments had, you know, an increase in entries this year. The the mid am which we had at TPC Southwind a couple of weeks ago, it had the most the most entries we've ever had for that tournament. I mean, yeah. even more than the Honors Course or places like that. So that's wild. I mean, it's everybody's looking for ways to play golf right now. So yeah. How, speaking of the junior camps, I was I'm a product of the junior camp, mm-hmm. and it when I went, uh, it was I think it was it was at Fall Creek Falls. Yeah. So back in the, those days, when you go to Fall Creek Dick Falls, and, yeah. yeah, and did did they have the camps this year because of all the virus and stuff? Or and if they did, then how was the participation? So they uh, they do the camps here now. Of course, you've probably been through here and seen the dorms in the back. Yeah, I had a two of my kids went to the camps here yeah. that when they were when they were coming up but um like i said it was my, when i did it was at fall creek falls yeah. so so, cool. so years past they've had overnight camps and yeah we have eight dorm rooms here at golf house i think it's eight but um 
that you know they'll come stay overnight for a week and they'll have I think probably six or eight of those throughout the summer you know kids come for a week and right. another set of kids come the next week but this year they they did away with the the overnight part of it they'd just come and it'd be like an all-day day camp gotcha. and you know come in the morning have lunch go in the evening um but no they they sold all those out um Galen Coon here at Golf House he's our PGA pro and he he does a great job with those and you know there'd be six to eight kids in each camp and they'd do the social distancing and all that right and, um and he did a real good job with that but no they, they sold them out and uh you know in today's world i mean that may be a, you know we talk about you know things that covid changed that may be the way we do them going forward yeah. and you know just from a, a perspective they may we may not have the overnight at part of it anymore you you know, you know don't know what's happening next year, but it just uh, they went over real well. Yeah. So. I definitely think that the way we do business is people are going to reevaluate that, you know, yeah. and just how to do things differently. Yeah. Even in even in our business where we were, you know, booming and going crazy, uh, there's a lot of different ways to do things now yeah. that you weren't really more efficiently. Yeah, or, I mean, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah. And just not and just not worrying about things as much. I mean, things kind of put on the back burners. Like people, you just got to accommodate people wanting to get out and yeah. do things. Yeah. And you know, obviously, golf has a structured set of rules and and things we have to follow, especially in tournaments and situations yeah. like that. But just for the growing the game and doing things, I think you're gonna see some really yeah. cool stuff come out of that. Like hoodies. Yeah. I mean, people wear I hoodies. saw that. What is that all about? I saw um, – I don't know. I think some professionals have been wearing some hoodies. I know Rory McIlroy was the latest. It looked like a Nike uh, yeah. um So there's a big debate with, on yeah. whether hoodies are acceptable yeah. on the golf course these days. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm – I'm an old school guy, but I mean, I get, you gotta, I mean, these guys are, you gotta, you gotta start thinking outside the box, you know, cause you start it, I guess my thought process on it, if you start doing things that deter people from wanting to come out there and just play dress code's been one of them. That's been something we've kind of always kind of kicked around and I get that there's gotta be some sort of dress code, but I mean. Come on, you don't let a white guy wear a toboggan or yeah. whatever you want to come beanie, <laughs> and then they can't wear a hoodie. I don't know. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I can see both sides of it. I mean, if there's a, a private club that has a structured way of doing things, yeah. and, you know, they're, you're not going to make them change. I mean, they're kind of setting their ways, and I mean, they're a private club. They can they can do whatever they want. But sure. I mean, as far as growing the game and kids coming out here, like the places like the little course. I mean. If, they want to wear their tennis shoes and a, a hoodie. Yeah, I mean, come on out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think I think we're, we'll relax some of those situations and you know and we'll see what happens. But I think a lot of good's going to come out of all this, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, I mean, I feel like there's more you know positive energy around golf right now than probably. I mean, going back to yeah. Tiger, you know, back in his heyday. I, I recently read a story where. I mean, equipment sales are up. I mean, the most they've ever been since before, I guess, the 2008 recession or whatever. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just, I guess the the thing is now, I mean, how we keep all those new golfers or, you know, you know the ones that came back sure. to the sport. I mean, how do we keep them interested and engaged going forward? And, and it's, I guess that's kind of part of what I'm, I'm supposed to do yeah. from a, a communications perspective is just, you know, how do we keep those – those new golfers engaged. Are you involved in any sort of tracking when it comes to that, as far as monitoring 
engagement in from from the TJ's perspective? Yeah, I mean, I keep up with our our analytics on our social media yeah. channels. That's that's about all I I, yeah. I do. So, um, of course, like I said before, I got here, nobody really did social media. So it's kind of, I mean, it's t- it, you can obviously see where it's taken off. I right. mean, we, uh, I mean, just for instance, when I got here, our our Instagram account had like four or five hundred followers, and now we're up to like six thousand. So I mean, that's pretty good for two years. So, yeah. I mean, just uh, I mean, Twitter, we have. You know, we're we're now we have like ninety five hundred followers, and we do about ten million impressions a year. So I mean, I mean, it's kind of like we built kind of like a a little community within our social media where everybody Tennessee's cool about that. To where like it seems like everybody knows everybody within the golfing community, and yeah. you know, on social media they're able to see what everybody else is doing. It's a it's an odd state because you know Memphis is kind of way over here sure. and Knoxville's way over here, Tri Cities. But it seems like all those guys know each other and enjoy seeing you know what the other guys are doing, and so that's been from a social media perspective. I mean, it's made my job easier because everybody's kind of hungry yeah. for golf content, and they. They they like to see what all their buddies are doing. So. Yeah. So when you started, what was your what was sort of your game plan as far as how you were going to go about growing the social media aspect of it? How how what did you what was your sort of ideas to how to get if if they didn't really do it a whole lot? What what did you what, what were some of the things you wanted to try to implement? Uh, that's a good question. I don't, I kind of just fly by the seat of my pants. Yeah. <laughs> you know I. I before I got here, I was in the newspaper business, and so, you know, I covered high school sports, and, you know, kids and parents, they, they love to see their names out there, whether it's in print or yeah. on social media, or, and, you know, they like to see their picture in the paper, and so, I mean, I try to bring that philosophy to it as far as, like, you know, with a, a an account for, a, like, a business or, you know, an organization like this, I mean, you have to, there's a fine line about you know, being informative and kind of trying to make it personal as well. And right. I try to lean on the personal side and, you know, post as many pictures as I can of face. I mean, that's what we used to always say, that faces sell newspapers. Right. And so that's kind of what I do with the social media. Like I try to drop as many names as I can in there and post as many pictures. And, like, I want the people that follow it and, you know, the TGA members to feel like, you know, they're just as much a part of the community as yeah. – I, I mean, I just don't want to be like – some guy behind the curtain running right. the Twitter and no, nobody knows, you know. Yeah. Just like, so I try to bring a, a personal aspect to it and, you know, everybody seems to enjoy that. Like, you know, everybody likes, you know, if I'm at a tournament and somebody hits a good shot or something, they'll be like, ah, I better see that on, on Twitter tonight. Or right. This. <laughs> so they've come to expect it. So, yeah, I mean, I try to make it as personal as I can and as fun as I can and just kind of keep everybody, you know, looking to – right find more content from us. So. so the 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 big question is is you how many of your accounts do you manage yourself and do you try to be consistent across all of them or do you have a different philosophy for each one of them? I mean I, I try to be but yeah <laughs> at the end of the day it's just me by myself. So but <laughs> but now I have the so I have the TGA, the uh the foundation, the SNEDS tour, junior tour and or junior golf and then uh we recently took over the Simmons Bank Open, which yeah. is the Corn Ferry Tour event here in, in Nashville. And so 
they recently put me in charge of that one too. So, <laughs> and then I, do, I also do some stuff for the PGA. Th- those guys are pretty good about doing their own, but I'll go to some of their bigger tournaments and and help them out a little bit as far as getting some content. But probably four or five, and then you for each of those, you know, of course we have Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Sure. And so <clears throat> it's funny. It it really from like just for instance the TGA. It depends on what tournament we're at as to which one I focus on more. Because like, if it's like a junior tournament, well, a lot of all those kids want to see it on Instagram. You know, they're right. not into Facebook or some of them. Some of them do Twitter, some don't. So if it's a junior tournament, I'll focus on the Instagram more, post more stories and stuff like that. But you know, the mid ams they're more on Twitter. A lot of those guys don't do Instagram, <laughs> and so it's just it's kind of about knowing you know sure, who, who the crowd is and yep. you know what what kind of, uh, you know, where I think it's going to make the, the biggest impact because, like I said, it's I'd like to do them all, say I'd do them all consistently, but at the end of the day, you, you know, yeah. there's only few, so many hours in a day. So. I hear you. How, so how many hours do you actually spend doing it? Well, I mean, you know, I, I feel like I do golf pretty much every waking hour in some aspect. Right. Like, um, but, I mean, at a tournament, for instance, I'll I'll go to the practice round day, and then, you know, we'll get at the course, you know, at sunrise, and then we'll leave when the last tournament's over or the last round's over. You know, for a big tournament like the State Am, it may be at dark. Yeah. And then I'll go back to the hotel, and you know, I'll spend hours going through pictures and writing press releases, and you know, just charging all my batteries for the next day. And I mean it. I mean, it's they're pretty long days. Yeah. <laughs> I can only imagine because, I mean, it just takes a lot of time, especially if yeah. you're capturing content and then you got to produce it in a way that you want to get it out there and it's, you know, it's informative. Yeah, and I mean, there's a lot of things that I would like to do that um, um, at the end of the day, I mean, like I said, I just don't have the time. I mean, I have a lot of ideas. Yeah. That, like, but, I mean, you do what you can. And, I mean, the, tra- the travels, I mean – it's been crazy this year just because, you know, everything in in May was kind of pushed back, yeah. April and May. So it was pushed back into the, the summer and the fall even. And so our schedules have been crazy. I think there was like from June to June, through June and July, there was like three or four nights I was home. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like we're on the road constantly. So Yeah, I, I mean, I, I can't imagine it's not going to get busier for you. Um, and – to say that you're going to have any downtime when you're doing, you know, all the aspects. I mean, I know you mentioned you had a couple of interns. You sounds like you're going to need a, a crew yeah. at some point. Well, I think, you know, once we, once we get into, uh, get this corn fairy tour event rolling and, you know, I, I feel like eventually we'll probably have to have another full-time person, but, uh, that's not my call. So yeah. <laughs> I, you I just, just keep pushing. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I just do what I do. And, yeah. uh, I mean, we had two really good interns this year. Um, uh, Riley Cooper, she's a, a student that plays golf up at uh, Austin P. And then we had another one, Tia Martin. She came all the way from Wisconsin to help us. Yeah. And they both worked in the uh, the athletic departments at their respective schools. And so they came in. And, I mean, they could do what I do from day one. Yeah. And so that was really good. Um, it was kind of, Like I said, it's kind of an odd year with all the schedules and corona and all that. But – um, having two interns really helped out this year. So 
Well, that's good. Well, I, um, let's back up a little bit and um, get a perspective of where you came from, how you ended up getting here, what sort of your background, and for people that don't know you and will listen to this on in my world, you know, we're like I told, I was telling you earlier. I mean, I do green industry podcasts, but it's I try to talk to a lot of people that have influence in our business, whether it's golf, sales, whatever, and we'll get a lot of cross reference. I mean, I hear, I listen, I'll have people tell me, well, I listen to this podcast, but I'm not really interested in that one. I'm like, that's cool. You know, I do that kind of, when I listen to podcasts, if I don't want to listen to somebody on Joe Rogan for whatever, I'll just pass it, you know, pass it up. And so, you know, like you were the first podcast I ever listened to. Well, that's good. I appreciate like I, <laughs> as much as I travel, people always like, you think I listen, they like, Oh, you should listen to podcasts. And there's never something I really got into. Yeah. And then, you did one with Chad, I guess, a couple of years ago, year year or two ago, and that was the first podcast yep. I ever listened to. I've so. gotten <laughs> I've gotten Chad and Wit, and so I've got you're you're where you're next yeah. on. I don't know if that's you're batting third or yeah, if you feel right. like, I mean, feel like you're uh, slighted. I mean, they're they're in charge around here, yeah. so they probably. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just uh, you know, kind of curious as to um, you know, tell everybody kind of your background, how you got here, what some of the things that you learned along the way, and you know, and then kind of what you've got looking towards the future. Mm-hmm. So I grew up in uh, East Tennessee, small town uh, Dandridge, it's right outside Knoxville, and uh, I guess uh, when I was in college, I didn't really, I was still one of those that didn't really know what I wanted to do, so. Yeah. I started working for Reebok, the apparel and athletic shoes, and did that for a few years. And I kind of got burnt out on, you know, retail and all that. I was um, kind of managing some of their stores, and my brother worked at uh, our local newspaper back home. He was uh, he was still in high school, but he was covering like, you know, little middle school games for sure. him and all that. And so I just have I went to. Uh, his boss, the editor of the newspaper, one day and was, asked him if I could cover some games. And he's like, all right. And so I started out covering middle school football um, on Tuesday nights and uh, kind of worked my way into on up from there and uh, into a full-time job with the newspaper. And, you know, that eventually evolved to uh, I became the sports editor. And I did, I did that for nine or ten years, and then I, I moved on to uh, another newspaper in Greenville, Tennessee, uh, the Greenville Sun, and I was a sports editor there for six years. And uh, the newspaper business just isn't what it once was. I mean, even, you know, when I started out in, like, I guess it was 2003 or four, um, it just uh, – it was a very bleak situation. Sure. Uh, I still – I mean – until the day I quit, I mean, I loved covering high school sports and, you know, you know, promoting the kids and their athletics and all right. they do. And, I mean, even when I moved here, I still covered high school football for the Tennessean for up until last year or this past year. Um, I, I love that part of it, but just the, the business aspect of it and, you know, the low pay and uh, never – never you talking about a, a – a, a position that you you don't ever have enough help. I mean, sure. it's newspapers these days. But um, so I started looking around for other jobs, and uh, I, Chad Anderson. Uh, of course, we talked about Chad. He, uh, we were kind of acquaintances from a while back. I, he he worked in East Tennessee with the the Tennessee Golf Foundation for several years, and uh, I'd known Chad from covering you know, some of their tournaments and stuff out there for the right. newspaper. And we were Facebook friends, and he happened to post uh, 
this job position on his Facebook, and I reached out to him, and the rest is history. So yeah, I moved to Franklin in March of 2018. So I've been here about two and a half years, and um, but no, that's pretty much it. I you know I was a newspaper guy, and uh, you know I guess that's kind of where I. Like I mentioned earlier, that's where I got a lot of my philosophies as far as social media and promoting the golf in the state and, you know, the newspapers. I mean, I, you know, I had opportunities to go on to bigger things in, within the newspaper business, you know, covering college teams or sure. pro sports or stuff like that. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I, f I felt most rewarded from covering kids and you know, their athletics because they, they were really appreciative of right. it and the parents were appreciative of it. And and so I, I really enjoyed that. And, you know, you actually get to see – I mean, if you covered, you know, Tennessee football or the Titans or something, I mean, you don't really see the impact that your, your work has. But when you're – you know, you cover the same high school football team or even, you know, volleyball or soccer, I mean – you get to know the parents and you right. see, see you, know, you know, they appreciate what you're doing and they you kind of see the, the, I guess, the fruits of your labor. So, right. Yeah. Now, forgive me if you said this already. Did you study that in college? Did you go no, to college? I went to, I went to ETSU. I studied okay. business. And All right. So, no, I, uh, like I said, I quit Reebok and went to the newspaper and, you know, I, I didn't know anything about newspapers or, you know, anything about the the industry when I started, but I used to, you know, after a year or two into it, you know, I wanted to do more. And so I used to stay, stay late at night and, you know, in, in the newspaper business, we use, you know, like Adobe InDesign, sure. Photoshop and all that stuff. So I used to stay late and like YouTube videos about how to do stuff. And so I kind of taught myself, like I'd stay late and like make up dummy papers, like, and so I told myself that way. I, when I go to a game, like, I mean, we had a photographer, but like I grab one of the cameras and just kind of play with it by right. myself. And, you know, I just kind of, kind of self-taught. So, which in the end, I mean, that was a blessing because I mean, in today's age, especially in the newspaper business, I mean, if you can't write a story and lay out a paper and take some pictures while you're there, then, I mean, you're low man on the totem pole when right. it comes out, comes to jobs and, I mean, even here, that's really what got me the job here at the at golf house because, you know, they wanted somebody to come in and, you know, take photos and tweet them and do the website and right. all that. And, I mean, if I wouldn't have taught myself how to do all that, then I definitely wouldn't have had the, the, the resume to come. So, I think that's important to, is like, pass through to people that may be listening to this is that sometimes – you find a passion that you're excited about and you learn it. It's better to kind of just dive into it and figure it out on your way, on your own. Especially, a, I mean, stuff like that. I mean, I learn more just being hands-on. Yeah. And, like, I mean, I can learn more from watching a YouTube video and doing it myself than you may have. I, I'm not saying don't go to college or oh, anything. Yeah, but, I, agree I mean, with that. I learn more in, in that setting than – I probably would have in a classroom setting. Yeah. I mean, I mean these kids today. I mean, they learn a lot of stuff with you know technology and stuff that is you know they probably had it easier than yeah. I did. But I mean, I mean that's that was the the best way for me to learn how to do it. So 
Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, if you want to just take an example and say, okay, I want to put some Instagram content out there and I want to do a video and I want to maybe do it, you know, with this kind of, you know, look to it. Instead of having somebody, you know, you sit in a seminar for five days, mm. just go on, you know, either fight through it, figure it out, go on YouTube. I mean, it's the tools are there to, um, you know, to, to figure out kind of what you want to do, even if you don't know. Because, I, I mean, I'm still into this podcasting thing that I'm pretty early in, and I'm trying to, you know, advance what I'm doing to make it better. And there's sometimes I just I'll just be like, okay, I want to learn how to do this, or I want to learn how to do that. I mean, that's yeah. I'm, I mean, like you know, you see on Twitter and Instagram, you know, these colleges will post out graphics or stuff. You know, oh, it looks cool. So, yeah. I mean, when I first started using Photoshop, like that's, I mean, I'd see something that somebody else had posted or something like that, and I'd you know I Google it and be like. Hey, how do you how do you do this in Photoshop, or how do you do right. that in Photoshop? And just, I mean, yeah, yeah, like I mean, like you said, that's that's pretty much the way I I learned how to do things. So, I think it gives you a, a leg up on you know learning the ropes and trying to figure out because what what you said earlier about going to college, I've always said college kind of gives you the ability to go find the questions, mm -hmm. but they they don't necessarily teach you how to do what you need to do. And, and I use this example a lot of times in my business. I I, I studied turf. But I didn't mow or touch a piece of grass in the in what I do until I took an internship. And the very first day, I'm sitting there watching people mow greens, and I had never done it before. Yeah. And and I'd spent a lot of time learning how to take care of grass. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, my knowledge was more about playing and doing things that you know maybe picking balls or washing carts or you know whatever from that standpoint. And I, but I really fell in love with just learning the the how to take care of the golf course. Yeah. But I didn't. Ha I'd had. I had to actually physically physically go on an internship just to learn. Yeah. And so I started diving into that. You know how to cut cups, how to you know rake bunkers, all that stuff, and just learned it on the fly. You yeah. know, and and nobody really taught me except for the people I worked with. Yeah. You know, especially. I mean, you get in industries like this, and you find a. It's all. I mean, if you can get a, a good mentor that's just willing to kind of take you in, and yeah. I mean, I had several of those along the way that you know aren't too prideful to share what they know with you yeah. then i mean that, that goes a long way so well how do you um because you do have a personal um social media yeah how do you sort of I manage that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, th I just told the jj there in the pro shop I was, he was talking about a hurricane coming through i was like i don't i don't know anything about a hurricane it's like <laughs> i haven't been on twitter for three or four days i was like if you know if, if i'm not on twitter i don't know what's going on in right. the world so isn't that uh, funny? Yeah, I really since I I came here, I I use my so personal social media as little as I can. Like yeah. I, the, about the only thing I use it for these days is like I like to travel and you know I post pictures of places I go. I I use Instagram the most. I don't really get on Facebook that much, yeah. but I I'm a photographer, so I like to post pictures. But you know I get on social media and or twitter and i'll scroll through the feed to see if anything important is going on but i just don't really post like people don't want to know my opinion and you think that uh, but i mean might. the only good there's not there's not a whole lot of good about posting any opinions on social <laughs> media right now so um i try to avoid anything political or just you know i mean i made a post like the, about this the other day i was like if you're in a business where you know, you rely on customers or, you know, 
you know, people engaging with you, then, I mean, just there's nothing good that can come from posting any of your opinions right now. I mean, because yeah. all you're going to do is make somebody mad that could have been a, a potential customer or donor or something on down the line, yeah. and you made them mad over saying something about Donald Trump or Joe Biden. So yeah. it's like, you know, I've never seen, and I've, I've been on social media since it really came out, you know, and I've never seen a time in it where it's as divisive as it is right now. And it's sad because I see friendships that are kind of, I mean, even family yeah. members, you know, it's just all kinds of stuff just based around a particular belief one way or another, or just a thought process. And, and it's, the thing about it is, you're not going to change anybody's no, mind with it. I you're mean, not. You've, I mean, what, there's nothing good that comes of it. I mean, you're, people are so that we're so close-minded, or we're not interested in hearing other people's opinions. Yeah. Or, I mean, you're not going to change anybody's mind by p- posting something about, you know, a political candidate. Or well, there's certainly no reason to have a war over social media about it with yeah. anybody. Like, you can, I and I and I I tend to be in the gray area about a lot of stuff. I like to just have fun with it. I don't really post stuff to sway one people one way because I kind of believe in you. And I preach to my kids, hey, it's probably not a good idea to Mm -hmm. post things that could get you potentially fired or not hired or just to look the other way. So I kind of stay in that gray area a little bit. But I I just find that it's not – if I was to have an argument with someone, I would – I mean – I literally hit the low mm-hmm. of what I want to do because I could easily call the person or talk to them or um, just avoid it at all costs, not even really uh, go and engage with that situation because, like you said, I'm not going to change their opinion. They're not going to change mine, yeah. and it's just going to make everything worse. And then it's out there in public for everybody to kind of see. And, you know, you, you start to – because we're all bad about it. We're all going to form our opinion – about somebody based on what they say. They, we don't know their heart necessarily or where they're coming from, but we assume that, you know, sometimes. Yeah. I've, there was a, I saw this meme on uh, uh, on Facebook yesterday. It was something about, like, uh, social media made a lot of y'all too comfortable with uh, saying something to, that would uh, used to get you punched in the mouth. For right. So I think I've seen that with like Mike Tyson on it or something. It was like social media has made you too comfortable. Yeah. You wouldn't say that, get punched in the face. Yeah. And then that's the thing I think it's, um, it's curious. Well, I'm not curious. I just want to like talk with you about it. It's like, you know, you have to be informative in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. You have to be um, sensitive to what, whatever's, whatever's going on. And, but at the same time, you do, you've got to, navigate this wild world of social media in a lot of ways that is uncomfortable in a lot of ways. And some people are just there like, like for instance, Twitter, I, I really just want to kind of read what's going on and scroll through all the nonsense that I, you know, know, just can't get past, but I've done a lot of cleaning out. I mean, that's one thing about the election. It's let me kind of narrow down what I want to follow. But, um, I mean, that's, Back to what I was saying, I mean, or what you're saying, I mean, a lot of people there, I mean, you got far left and far right, and I mean, not just political, but I mean, there's sure. different extremes, but a lot of people are just normal and just want to like, <laughs> you know, see updates on sports or, you know, but uh, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're, 
if somebody's filling my my feed with you know a bunch of you know political stuff for instance like all day and you know i notice if it's bad enough where i notice it then it's you're pretty excessive yeah but you know i'm i don't want to see it so i'm i'm pretty positive when it comes to what i want to see so i mean i'll either i'll probably mute you i don't want to unfriend people that you know i don't want to offend anybody sure i'm probably going to mute you and then what if you were to post something about your business whether you're in golf business or you know any kind of business and I'm not going to see that because I muted you all because you wanted to, you know, yep. just so that's, that's where I am on it. Right. But, you know, um, but as far as golf, I mean, I try to, you know, I try to avoid anything, anything that's controversial with our social media accounts here. I mean, golf's pretty easy because, you know, I don't know, but. I don't even know where I was going. That's all right. <laughs> Man, I'm about to just think it's a tough conversation to have, especially yeah. when you I mean, I don't feel live. like it's hard to, like, avoid stuff like that in my line of work yeah. just because, you know, I'll try to hit on – if there's some topics going on within the golf world, like the hoodies or something, yeah. you know, I might say something like that on one of our social medias, but I don't I don't get into anything that's too controversial. So I want to – one of the things that – and it, it happens to be just – it's not that it's just all political – but one of the things you said about there's just a lot of noise coming from way over here or way over there. And those tend to be not the norm. No. Most that's people, what you see. Right. And most people tend to be kind of right in the middle or just normal yeah. people that want to just kind of go about their day. And that, that doesn't get any sort of positive uh, press or whatever. That's why I always said, I mean, social media is giving a, a voice to people that don't know how to handle it or yeah. aren't responsible with it or don't yeah. don't need a voice like i mean they just kind of you know and a lot of the stuff you see the i mean the fills up your timeline it's not even true it's just like yeah you know, people i mean you don't have to verify whether hey this is true or this is true it's just somebody could put something out there and a uh, hundred thousand people retweet yeah. it you know it's like i mean just there's just a lot of nonsense and garbage and that's I mean, for everything, I mean, from a social media perspective, I mean, there's a lot of good and there's a lot of bad. And right. You just kind of have to pick which world you want to live in. So. I, I agree. I had this conversation the other day uh, about how as much as it's been a negative in a lot of ways, and I'm just not just social media, but technology in general, it's been a huge positive. And we just don't get to focus on it because we see all the negative that comes out of it, whether it's social media platforms or people abusing privileges, you know, cyber mm. bullying, whatever the case might be. It's just a lot of stuff that's, it gets talked about. And it's the same thing. We, we don't report the good news. We yeah. never do. I mean, you, you've been in the news business. Mm -hmm. It's hard to get somebody to read something that's just a feel-good story. They want to read doom and gloom, you know. Yeah. And that's kind of what we get into. And social media is just in your face about it. Yeah. I mean, I even posted something on Facebook the other day. And I posted it because it was funny. And I said, I know this is not true. I, I mean, I said, all you fact checkers can come after me. I, I don't remember what I said. And sure enough, they still blocked it. And I was like, I'm saying it in my post. So you're not reading the post. You're just seeing what somebody's sharing. And, uh, you know, and that's fine. And, and, and I get people that just want to see something. And I, that's the thing with me. And I don't want to sidetrack on all this because I really don't want to go down this rabbit hole. But. There's a lot of stuff that just people print and they don't give two oh, yeah. 
flips if it's true or not. And they and they and I don't. So I don't believe. I don't tend to believe anything I read right off the bat. I mean, it, especially nowadays. I mean, people are just looking for stuff that reaffirms what they believe in. But I mean, if I mean, I hate to keep saying political stuff, but I mean, if you're if you're a you know if you follow Donald Trump, I mean, anything that somebody says. You know, backs you know reaffirms what you're you believe in. Then oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna eat it up. It's like I always say. I hate when people get on social media and are like, stick the sports. I mean, you see that so, when, yeah. when a athlete starts getting political or anything. But like, I mean, if if this person was saying something that they believe in, whether it's Democrat or Republican, then they're not gonna be hey stick the sports. They're gonna be like ah oh, see LeBron thinks the same way I do. Or, right. You know, so it's just the people are just looking for, you know, somebody to back them up and just kind of, you know, like I said, reaffirm what they what they believe. So. Yeah, I I definitely think whether it's true or not. Yeah, that I, I agree. Point. So I I definitely agree or believe that because sports in general has intermingled itself with some of these you know philosophies and policies mm. and thoughts and whatever. That some sports in you know basketball or whatever have been affected by yeah. it in some way. I mean, you can they have analytics, they have statistics that show you that mm-hmm. not as many people are watching. And even football, I mean, which is the biggest, still the biggest sport that we got. I mean, it's taken a hit yeah. in a lot of ways, and I hate that because it is. And I think, I mean, even without all that, I think sports and like just the way we consume sports these days has changed. Yeah, and like I don't. Like I, I myself, like I'm not, you know, I don't, I don't base whether I'm gonna watch this sporting event on whether you know they have what kind of message they're preaching outside of the right. lines. But even myself, being a sports fan that you know isn't affected by that, I watch less sports than I did ten, fifteen years ago. Like mm-hmm. I, I haven't watched, you know, I watched the Alabama Ole Miss game, football game, and that was the first college football game I watched this year. And I mean. I I haven't watched the NBA game in years. I watch a little bit of NFL. Um, I don't watch baseball hardly anymore. I mean, it's just I just feel like even with like with social media and digital streaming and all that, just people. I mean, back back when you know when we were younger. I'm not saying how old you are, but <laughs> when I was younger, I mean, I I was a big Alabama fan. You know, growing up and the mid nineties, you know, Gene Stallings era into, you know, sure. a bunch of garbage. You know? sure. We don't want to talk about <laughs> yeah. that. I, I had season tickets through the, the Mike Dubose, Mike Price, you know, Dennis Franchoni. Years, cool. so I sat through, I drove to Tuscaloosa for a lot of losses, but I mean, back then when Alabama was playing Tennessee, I mean, that was like must see TV. Like right. you didn't have a hundred games on and, you know, it, I mean, we all, set our schedules by it and you know we were at the house you I mean you couldn't go back and watch it two days later or right. anything or so i mean that was must see tv and now like i mean i i just don't i don't i don't build my schedule around watching games and i don't know where i'm going with that but i just feel like <laughs> we're, there's so much sports to consume these days that it's not not as much of a priority as it was back then yeah. so i don't i mean i just are you just know. not as big a fan, or do you just watch it in a different way? Get, you know, get a a highlight on Twitter, or how do you how I'm do you a, sort of? Yeah, 
I mean, that's a good. I don't, I don't really know. I just. I used to live and die by Alabama football. Like I, Dude, mean, I still do. Yeah. I don't. And I mean, a lot of people yeah. do. Like yeah. adult. I mean, Chad in there. I mean, you know, he's the biggest Tennessee fan. Is his feelings world. hurt right yeah. now? Nah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. you know, it's just expected now. <laughs> like, I mean, but now I, I don't know what it is. Like I I just don't watch as much sports as I used to, and that's. I mean, I even ca- like casually like I you know used to you. You know, if there's a baseball game on, it's the only thing on tonight. I'm gonna watch it. But yeah. now, I mean, I just don't. I don't know. I, I feel like everything's at our fingertips with this phone. Yeah. And so I just. Well, I think that that's a good point. It's. Um, I kind of rambled there. I don't nah, know what point I was going to get to, but. <laughs> it was good stuff. I mean, but you know, the the idea that we can consume things in so many different ways yeah. is is. I mean, I went on a golf trip this past week, and normally my buddies would have a hard time getting me to go, especially when Alabama was yeah. on in during the day. Yeah. And I usually would go to the UT Alabama game, depending on where it's at. But um but this year I was like, you know what? I got my speaker, I got access to the phone. Yeah. I just threw it on and we watched it while I we're mean, playing golf. Nick Saban's kinda of ruined it for us. I mean it's just, you know, you expect a thirty point win. <laughs> we I, I we do. I never have a really full confidence that I mean, I actually, the game. I enjoyed it back when, yeah. you know, uh, we were, you know, just, you didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the idea, the thing that happened to me was I got a text message from my brother before I had the game on, but I was, you know, playing golf. I wasn't really, it just started. Yeah. And my brother goes, I, I don't remember what his text message was. He goes something along the lines of, he's, I'm just going to go ahead and say that's broke. And I was like, what the hell is he talking about? Oh, and come yeah. to find out, it was the very first play yeah. of the game. Jalen Waddle gets. Waddell. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. So you know, I didn't see that, but yeah. I hate hate it for him. But yeah, I'm just you know, now I'm watching games on. I'm a kind of a little bit of a sports gambler. That's I why I was about to say yeah. this. I was like, because you know, Tennessee's about to legalize or you know comes yeah. online here this weekend, and I really think that'll. I mean, I think that's helped. I mean, not, the PGA Tour. Yeah. Like I mean. I've noticed, like, during this whole pandemic and stuff, especially when golf was the only sport being played, just, like, everybody was betting on golf. Yeah. Like, I follow a lot of that <laughs> on Twitter. And, like, I mean, even myself, like, I mean, I, like, like I said, I don't watch a lot of sports. But, I mean, if I got – I mean, if you got, you know, money riding on a football game yeah. and you got to watch it all the way to the end, I mean, like, <laughs> I remember – few years ago i saw i read a story or something like you know people that don't you know understand the sports gambling have never had like twenty dollars riding on the the belt bowl and or whatever <laughs> right. it was and you know needing one more touchdown i know <laughs> God, uh, I, yeah. I mean I, I like i in a lot of the pro leagues or you know i think they realize that that you know they're starting to adopt and welcome sports gambling and yep. align themselves with different sports gambling entities and i think they realize that you know that you know that's that's good for their you know getting viewers and you know what, getting people interested in their sports and they definitely didn't need to turn a blind eye to it and yeah. and i realized that there was some laws and things that they could you know sort of say yeah. kept them from that and but look at now they got vegas has got you know, pro sports teams and 
I mean, and then I guess the law was passed, what, a year or so ago that's going to allow yeah. states to do it, and Tennessee's call, coming online. And I mean, you Which know, it's is just, unbelievable. Like I always told my brother, I was like, you know, it doesn't matter if they legalize it. Like Tennessee will be the last state ever yeah. to, like, they're so conservative. But I mean, to, to their credit, uh, they, uh, you know, they passed it and we're going to see it come on come to fruition here in a couple of days. So. I, I, I would love to get your opinion on this because I think you, you enjoy the Vegas trips like I do. Yeah, I'm actually going to be out there during Master's Week, so I'm excited about that. Yeah. I was hoping to go down I mean, there. I'm going to have a Master's viewing party if you want to come out to Vegas. <laughs> oh, boy, that'd be sweet. Yeah. But I, I'm, I, I have a sneaky suspicion in the next 10 years that Nashville is going to be yeah. a pretty – gambling if, hot spot. Uh, me and Chad were actually talking about that yesterday. If I mean, if you had a casino in downtown Nashville, I mean, it's just, it'd be unbelievable. Well, you know they're building one, Yeah, the MGM. I don't know if it's officially going to have um, casino gam. I mean, obviously it won't now, but, yeah. but I think there's being set up for it. Yeah. I think, I mean, I think the, it'll, it's in the future. I don't know, but. Yeah, I don't know the the. I like the, a good casino now. I mean, <laughs> I do too. I I went to uh, so the real quick story. I my daughter turned twenty one this year yeah. in April. As soon as the COVID hit, mm. well, we are we had had plans to go to Vegas. I hadn't made the plans yet because still in the process of trying to figure out what was going on because it was kind of like February. She turned in late April, yeah. and so we punted. And I said, and then my, my oldest daughter turned 25 in August. I said, why don't we do this? Let's drop back and punt. We can go to Vegas when everything kind of settles out. We'll go down to Biloxi to the, um, down there. Got a really cool hotel, and we'll just stay and hang out. I'll check out everything. The pool will be open. Be right on the water. It'll be nice. And we can drive there, save some money. And so we do that, and we go down there, and for the most part, it's fine. There's they the food and no buffets. I don't know if that's the way it is in Vegas. I or, love Biloxi. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've been. I actually went on a golf trip down there a couple of years ago. Not, not to interrupt your story. That's cool. There's a lot of good, great golf in this. Oh city. yeah. Like, oh yeah. I mean, well, I, I I've been down there several times, and I and I've I've just said you know the extra two or three hours. It's probably more than like four or five to go there than say Tunica. It's yeah. just worth it. You're oh down. yeah. I just, went to Tunica a couple of weeks ago, and yeah. it's just, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just, it just to me with the drive was so much. I mean, it's the place is better. I, if yeah. I can, if you can stomach a few more hours in the car, and it's not really from here. It's not a bad drive. I mean, mm. you get on the interstate. It's pretty straight much straight down. shot. Yeah. Um, so we go, so we go down there, and and everything's kind of fine. You know, you're still trying to figure things out, but I just wasn't. I couldn't. I had to get away from the table games because yeah. of the limited participants. Oh, yeah. I love to play a good. I love to have a table of blackjack where people are just kind of going crazy. See, that's what we were. We were in the in Memphis for the Mid Am a couple of weeks ago, and we went. They have a dog track across in Arkansas, and we went over there and played blackjack. And yeah. I mean, you had so you had three at a table, so it was limited that way. And then you had plexiglass in between each person, right? And you and the dealer, and then you had to wear a mask, so we couldn't like. There's we no interaction. Really. Yeah, we couldn't. I mean, we tried to talk. I tried to talk to the guy next to me, and eventually we we're just like, yeah. I mean, you can't interact with your dealer. You can't talk to the person yep. next to you. It's just, and it's so loud. I mean, you can't hear it with mask and plexiglass. Yep. So, I mean, it, just, it wasn't a lot of fun. So I started. Um, so I just, I just gravitated to uh, slots yeah. and doing that and trying to, you know, and that's kind of, eh, you yeah. know. But 
<laughs> but I, I mean, I hope that it gets back to normal, but I just don't know it. And you know, who knows? But I went to Vegas the week that it opened back up from after COVID. Yeah. And um, I w- I was sitting around here on it was a Thursday night, and I was like. It was it was right after quarantine, so I've been locked in the. I went and stayed with my <laughs> girlfriend, and she lives over on the other side of Knoxville, and I was there for like a month and a half because they closed down Golf House, and I didn't move my car for like two or three weeks. Like I never left the house or anything, <laughs> and so like I got back to here. We came back once they opened up Golf House, and I was sitting here on a Thursday night, and I was like, I cannot sit here any longer i gotta go do something yeah so i got online and southwest had like plane tickets to vegas is like 150 bucks and so i went out there and stayed for the weekend and uh, like you said i mean the buffets are closed and yeah. it's just it was a different so i just i sat around the pool and i played golf one day i actually didn't do a whole lot of gambling but um i like to play golf out west yeah it's, it's totally different experience than this here so Where's your favorite place to play out there? Um, I don't know if I have a favorite. I played to let last year. We put, I got to play Cypress. Um, Monterey is like my favorite place in the world. Like yeah. I'll go out to, I go out to California a couple of times a year and go to like Big Sur and Yosemite and go camping out that way. And so I, I love it out in Central California. But we went out to Monterey last year and played Cypress and a couple other courses and then. Um, played a few in Vegas, and then um, I recently went out and played Bally Nil out in Colorado, yeah. and I loved it. I mean, that's probably that's the neatest golf experience I've ever had. And uh, of course, uh, if I could ever get back out there, I'd like to go back out there. But I got uh, my family's. I've had my mom live there. My dad lives there now. Is out in Phoenix, and I go out there and play quite a yeah. bit. I love there's playing a lot of the good golf. golf in yeah. Arizona. I haven't played anywhere in Arizona, but yeah. I, I see there's a lot of good golf. It's there. just a lot of fun. But I tell people it's just different. I mean, you know, you've probably played desert golf. It's yeah. just a just a different world than what we're used to. You can't really just bang it everywhere. No. But it's pretty wide open. I mean, for the most part. Yeah, I mean, it's a. I went out and played this course. There's this course in uh, St. George, Utah. It's called. Um, sand hollow and it's like the the holes are literally like built on like just the red rocks yeah and i mean it, it is the coolest like like i said i played cypress last year but like this sand hollow for the money was like the best golf experience i've ever had it's like 85 bucks it's like the top course you can play in utah and i mean i spent like the back nine i spent like 30 minutes on every hole just taking pictures like it was did you go out with zach just a little while ago do you know zach bradford no he played it yeah but i no, i went a few months earlier i went during uh like i said the the weekend after vegas opened up for corona i got you no i'm yeah i do i'm i'm good friends with zach and yeah. I, I saw where he played it yeah my uh buddy uh went to high school with lives out there his brother-in-law is the general manager Oh that really? Of course, yeah. Oh nice. So, well, you if I can him, ever make it out there, I'm gonna try to get I out mean, there and it, play it. Like I got people after I posted pictures, like everybody wants to go now. Like, yeah. it's, but it really was like, I mean, I played a lot of great courses, but that was for the money. Like that was the best golf experience yeah. I've ever had. Like you, you tell them that. So, <laughs> I, but no, nah, it's a. There's just something about me. The the scenery out west is just so different. I guess it's where we're not used to it, but like. You know, people talk. Uh, oh, 
you know, talk to people about traveling and they'll talk about boring drives through the desert and stuff. But like that stuff just amazes me. Right. Because I, you know, I don't see it every day. So. Yeah, you get better used to driving 60 miles and not seeing an exit or i mean i yeah that's why i I go to colorado a lot too and i i tell everybody i'm like you know you better fill up your gas tank every chance you can get because you can go like an hour and a half and never see civilization that was the one thing that took me by surprise one time is you just you may not come up on anything for Mm -hmm. an hour Mm -hmm. hour and a half and you're just like oh i'm about to run and i i mean you i'll be on like trips like that and you know i'll lose cell service for a minute like I'm gonna have a panic attack. Oh, <laughs> like, there's no doubt about that. It's just one of those things. That, but I'm one of them people that, like, you know, I'm driving through the desert and like, it don't matter. I, I stop. I can see like a Joshua tree over here. I gotta stop and take yeah. a picture of it. Like, it, you're one of them guys. Yeah, it take. I mean, it'd be like a four hour drive, and it'll take me twelve yeah. hours to get there because I stop. <laughs> <laughs> now, how much do you utilize that in your social media aspect? Do you like to post things like that and kind of give on my your personal, perspective on my personal one. Yeah. I do. Like I, I post probably more on social media than people really care. But I mean, I like to. When I travel, I'm one of them that you know I'll take a picture of the food I'm eating and stuff. Yeah. And you know if I if I'm you know I know people hate people like that, but <laughs> I mean I like to if nothing else like you know used to you're you, a foodie guy though man. Oh yeah, you, obviously. Yeah. No, well, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> but you know used to you. I mean I grew up and my mom she loved to take pictures, and she gave me. I mean I I can remember you know I was five or six and she'd give me her old Polaroid camera yeah. or you know. I, I learned to use film, actual film, you yeah. know, before digital came along. And back then, you know, you take pictures and you you print them out and you save them in photo albums. So now we don't have that. And so, I mean, really, all you got now is either, you know, keep them on your phone and put them on your computer right. or upload them to Facebook. I mean, that's pretty much, that's a photo album these days. So, I mean. I know. You know, I, I still like to print photos. Like, I mean, I, if I take some good you know, landscape photos or something. Like, I like to print them out and yeah. see them and have them in my hand. But, I mean, Facebook's pretty much, I mean, if it goes away, I've lost all of my pictures I've, I've ever taken. Better so. put them on the cloud or something. Yeah. Do you do you uh, have a particular camera camera that you enjoy or you use the uh, phone? I've always used Nikon. But nowadays, I mean, like, the phones are so good. Yeah. Like, I mean, I still like to use my my dslr because i can shoot it in raw and i can bring it back and edit it a lot and you know right you know fix the colors and you know sharpen up but i mean if i'm just traveling and i don't care about taking you know quality print printable photos right and i just carry my phone like yeah. it's just i mean it's pretty unbelievable what they do these days so so when you're covering like an event or a tournament or something do you have a bunch of equipment with you or no not really i have like that's one thing I, I've coming from the newspaper business. I've learned to do as much as I can with as little as I can. Right. Because, I mean, you you got to beg to you know buy a pack of pens or you know. Right. A, so I mean, the camera I have here is you know you can buy it at Walmart for you know less than a thousand dollars. It's nothing special. So, I mean, it's more about the content than I mean just. When people look scroll through social media, you know they don't need me to have twenty thousand dollars worth of camera equipment to take a photo. So, I mean, I got a camera and my cell phone, and yeah. that's it. So, I mean, nowadays, like you said, they're so good. Yeah. And I don't know many people that are posting pictures yeah. that are, you know, spending buku dollars on stuff. 
Well, in golf, you can get a, you can get away with a lot in golf. With you know, I mean, you don't have to have twenty thousand dollars worth of camera equipment because they're they're standing still. Yeah, they're always playing in daylight. I mean, just uh, you can pretty much stand pretty close to them. You don't have to stand on the sideline or anything. So, right. Um, but no, that's uh, I I don't have a lot of equipment. So. Do you have uh, other organizations you're helping or reaching out to you, or have you followed? You got somebody, you know, as far as what you're doing, trying to mimic, or I, I don't, you know, as far as what you're doing, do you have people that are still trying to figure that whole part of it out? Yeah, so we're, uh, we're um, as the TGA, we're members of this organization called um, the International Association of Golf Administrators, IEGA. Yeah. And that what that is is it's all every state has a golf association like the TGA and we're all in under this organization. And so um you know the well I'll have other associations reach out to me and inquire about hey you did this, you know, how'd you do that or you right. know, run ideas. We're we're pretty pretty in a close knit group. I mean Myself, you know, I've got friends that do my job in like North Carolina, South Carolina, Alabama, you yeah. know, so we'll, we'll bounce ideas off each other. And I mean, during quarantine, they actually had me come on when I was doing the, the, the chats that you mentioned, I did live video chats. I mean, pretty much every night for like a month and a half, I'd have like, you know, college coaches on, I had you on, yeah. I mean, I have like different people within the golf industry in Tennessee. And so they had me lead like a Zoom call with like all all the other associations, right. you know, sharing ideas with how I thought people could, you know, still engage with their, their customers or members and and still, you know, keep golf content out there when during quarantine. Right. So um yeah, I mean I mean I don't like to toot my own horn, but I mean people do reach out and yeah. you know, ask for ideas. So well, you should. I mean, you know, it's obvious how much it's benefited over the last couple of years what, you know, has been something that's needed to happen. I mean, in in our particular industry, I feel like it's not even touched the surface of what people can use social media for. Mm -hmm. And if that's – and we're a big part of the golf industry. We just don't get a lot of the, you know, publicity and a lot of things. I mean, but at the same time, podcasts are com becoming more popular – People are using their Instagrams, Twitter to promote their, you know, processes they're doing at their golf course, what what's happening. And, you know, if you're not doing that these days and you're not involved in that in some way, you're probably falling behind what other people are doing. Mm -hmm. And this is how people want to get communication these days. Yeah. Even if you're an older person. I mean, I'm almost – I'm 47. But if you're – I mean, even my age, I mean, I've had to adapt over the years. Yeah. And I had lucky I had teenage kids and things that I kind of had to do it. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you know, you this is the, be this is the yeah. best way to, you know, texting and tweeting and all that. That's a good way to get people involved. Well, I mean, when I, when I, like I said, when I started two and a half years ago, I mean, nobody was doing what I do. Yeah. I mean, not, not me. I mean, just communications wise, if you went through all the state golf associations, like nobody had, really a an active presence on social media right and that's not i mean that's not anything to do with me i mean if anything that's you know chad anderson his you know looking ahead and his um you know his 
taking a chance on starting this position and, you know, hiring me to come in and do it and just seeing the the growth that we've had and the impact it's made. I mean, our, our golfers love it. I mean, just seeing themselves on social media sure. and the, the coverage that they get at our, our state tournaments. And, you know, so Chad and his, uh, our board took a chance on that. And now everybody's doing, I mean, like, I mean, back when I first started, it wasn't easy to, I mean, it wasn't hard to stand out because nobody else was doing it. Right. But now, you know, I've got, I mean, you can go through it. Like, I made a post about this the other day. I mean, even states like Nebraska and, you know, Rhode Island and, I mean, all these states, the state associations have such a huge presence on social media now. It's like everybody's doing it. And so, I mean, to your point, I mean, that's, obviously the the direction it's going and you know like you said you have to you have to be growing your brand nowadays and yeah. doing things to stand out and you know social media is one of the the easy ways to to reach everybody so i feel like at some point maybe we'll circle back to this um is sitting down with you and getting uh an awareness of the tennessee turf grass association and and the superintendents and just the people and figuring out a way that they can, what little steps they can take to to grow their presence even more, because you know there's some associations that we have that that do it really well, and we we do okay. Uh, we've got a decent presence on Twitter, but I think I think at some point we it'd be bit good to engage you on mm-hmm. what oh, some yeah. thoughts you have that you know we could do better, and even even if it's you come out for maybe some of our events at some point in your thousand things that you've already got is to say hey you know this is what you can do and promote and and help you know grow the game that way you know and that's what people don't i mean people don't understand it takes uh i mean people think oh you sit around and play on twitter all day yeah. but i mean it takes i mean dedication and you know time obviously i mean you just can't like i said before i came here you know the people that run our tournaments, you know, they were trying to find time to post on Twitter. And yeah. it's just, if you're running a golf tournament, you don't really think about, Hey, I, oh, I need to go post on Twitter now. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, for me coming in and, you know, being able to do it with the TGA and especially the SNED store, I mean, like Brant actually, I mean, he, he wanted somebody to be dedicated to enhancing their brand on social media and stuff like that. He, I mean, that was one of the things he asked for last year. And so that's that myself. And then that's why we hired a couple interns just so we could dedicate the time because, I mean, that's, especially the, the SNEDS tour, those generations and the ones behind us, I mean, that's the yeah. way they consume their information. I mean, they aren't, you know, watching TV commercials or reading right. the newspaper. I mean, that's where they get the information. So, yeah. So, so have you graduate or gravitated to Snapchat, TikTok, any of that stuff? Nah, yet? I mean I I would like to, but yeah. I just don't have time. I mean, that's I where mean, all the kids yeah, are going. I mean TikTok, I I see some like the AJGA and stuff. Though they're, they've made more of a concerted effort to get on TikTok, and yeah. I mean I would like to, but like I hadn't really had to th- that. May be something for interns to yeah. do next year, but uh, no. I mean, you're right. Uh, TikTok is probably the the fastest growing platform there is. But I mean, that's the thing. You're you're in a business where 
one platform that you're growing could go away oh, in, a, yeah. in a minute, yeah. and then you have to figure, you know, switch and yep. pivot towards something else. You always got to try to be ahead of the curve, yeah. not, not catching up. But Follow Gary V if you know who that is on yeah. social media. No. <laughs> I'll, I'll send you some stuff. Yeah. He, he's unbelievable as far as how he can stay ahead of the curve on what's coming next, you know. He's a big social media and yeah. investor, heavily invested in some things that you would like, how did you know? Yeah. You know, <laughs> anyways, that we don't, but yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the challenges you'll have going forward. Everybody will have is to try to figure out what's next. Yeah. Cause I mean, does, you don't know what's going to be here five, 10 years from now. I mean, I, I'm anticipating there'll be somebody that'll come along and, and try to compete with Facebook, which yeah. is probably the biggest, you know, in, in, yeah. I mean, it has its own place. But I mean, it's gotten to where it's so, you know, engulfed in a lot of other things that people will kind of gravitate towards something maybe different. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. But um, you know, it's just the world we live in, and and uh, I guess it's here to stay, and we'll we'll just have to figure out how to navigate through it. Yeah. Either. I mean, ten years ago, I I think I started. I got on Twitter in two thousand nine. So I mean. It was only 10 years ago. We feel like you've had Twitter forever, but, I mean. Well, the iPhone came out in 2008. Yeah. I mean, that's not that long ago. I mean, the iPhone pretty much just changed the world. Yeah. So. I mean, it's it's definitely done that, but, I mean, you think about this, just the last 10 years, all the different technology yeah. and social media and just the. I mean, 10 years ago, we were still buying CDs, and now, yeah. I mean, who would ever thought CDs would be. I mean, I, I got a new computer when I started here and it didn't even have a CD drive. I mean, I couldn't even, you know, yeah, I don't, you know. I don't think they exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's not something that, I mean, we're just trying to have to adapt to yeah. all the different things that, uh, that are out there for us. I mean, it's wild, you know, but so what's, uh, what's the, what's next? What's the future looking like for you as far as what you got coming up? Uh, now, say the near future. Well, immediately, I mean, our season's kind of winding down. We have the, uh, the Tennessee Cup matches next week at Hillwood. That's where uh, the top amateurs and the top pros get together. It's kind of like a Ryder Cup. Sure. So that's that pretty much ends our season. Uh, like I said, the our, our PGA section hosts a pro-am out in Las Vegas, and that's the week after that. So I'll be out there during Masters week. So um, after that, it's just kind of – I spend December and January, February kind of uh, like – you know, all the associations, they all do their own year-end progress reports, and then right. they'll have their annual meetings and all that. And so that pretty much consumes my time around the holidays. And so and then come back in February and get get ready for next year, which no telling what it'll look like. Yeah. So <laughs> well, I spent a lot of time getting ready for this year, and then, you know, all that went out the window. So, um, no, just kind of looking forward to next year. Um, hopefully – Hopefully everything will return to somewhat normal. Of course, this year we didn't have any, you know, USGA events or right. USGA qualifiers, and we didn't have stuff like the drive, chip, and putt, or you know, a lot of stuff I look forward to right. each year just because it's something different. But um, you know, hopefully all that stuff will return next year. Uh, well, certainly twenty twenty one's got to be completely, you know, it's got to be something different. I mean, I don't know who knows, <laughs> but uh, you know. We'll probably find out around middle of November. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Like I said, you know, 
if golf, the momentum we kind of built this year goes into you yeah. know, years to come. But Well, I certainly know that uh, you've done a, a lot in your two years. Yeah. I've, I've noticed it. I've, I've talked to Chad about it. Uh, certainly seen what it's done. I'm, I'm a huge fan of social media. I think that it, it's a good, I mean, I don't do enough to promote, promote my own brand, yeah. but I try and I, and that's gotten me some traction, but I mean, you're doing, I mean, it's tough. I mean, it's know. tough. Like yeah. I said to you, it, it's not something I know you put a lot of work into yours, but I mean, people that just want to, you know, think they can throw something out there and, you know, not, not I mean, it's kind of like a plant, you know, you yeah. gotta keep watering it yeah. and keep, uh, keep uh growing it and i mean it do, it doesn't ha- happen overnight but you know you just kind of do it every day and then two years later you look back yep. and ah, here we are so <laughs> i think that's the 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 take-home message is is that what you're doing you could get discouraged if you yeah. see that there's no traction and there's nothing happening and then all of a sudden you look up and you're like oh i have been yeah. well working. i mean it's a lot of us by trial and error i yeah. mean not I mean, I'm not perfect. I'll throw stuff out there and it'll be a dud or, you know, people, oh, that's stupid. (laughs) Why do you do that? (laughs) But I mean, you know, you just throw it out there and sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't and you go on and, you know, keep, keep doing the good stuff and, you know, about the same with anything in life. (laughs) That's the truth. That's the truth. Well, um, man, I do appreciate appreciate your time is valuable. I know, but the sitting down and chatting with you was a lot of fun. We, we banged down an hour pretty quick, and we probably go. We should we should start like a <laughs> a gambling, a golf gambling podcast. Absolutely, <laughs> I'm all for that. I'd love I, to do that. Go on. I Who go do you on. like for the Masters? I don't know. I haven't looked at it. I mean, at this point, you got to bet on Bryson DeChambeau, don't no, you? I mean, no he's kidding. hitting at 400 yards. Yeah. You don't want my like I I said that, but you don't want any of my golf gambling advice right now. I'm, it's like throwing it's like throwing a dart at the dartboard man every there's 10 guys that can win or maybe more i told somebody the other day i wish my i mean i i usually use bovada not yeah. to, I, I don't know if we're getting into that but <laughs> i was like i wish my account would ban me from betting on golf right now like i wish i could just block myself from betting <laughs> on golf are you going to pivot to uh, from that to something else? I don't know. I'm going to wait and see the, when the plat because I've I've looked around on DraftKings and because um, I when I go to Mississippi, you can use their app down there, and so. But I mean, I'm familiar with it, and I know what's available. But like with all the Tennessee laws and stuff, I don't know if the like I've already I've read that they're not going to allow you to have like college sports prop bets and stuff like that. Not that I do a lot of that, but yeah. Just to see, I'll, I'll wait and see what it offers, and you know, I mean, I'm, you know, I, I feel like that's probably the safer route, um, just because it's legalized, yeah. and you, you, uh, you don't have to worry about your money and all that. Because, I mean, not to get into all this stuff, but I mean, you know, it's good that it's been legalized and coming to light, and because for years, I mean, people, if you wanted to bet online, you were doing it overseas. Right, and I mean somebody. I mean, I, I've watched it happen where like overseas sports books have shut down and people are just out of their money. Yeah, I mean you have no you know recourse to get your money back because you're not, you know you're really not supposed to be doing it anyway. No, so. and and I've had that's been the biggest worry. I use Bovada too, but yeah. I was on another one and I just didn't like how you get 
I mean, it's just it's just not as easy, and the comfort mm-hmm. level is not there. Yeah. But you know, I haven't had an issue, and I just kind of use it like a bank. I don't never yeah. I, I probably put more money in than I take yeah. out, <laughs> which is a bad thing. Um, I use it for you know, I mean, well, I started doing it back in early two thousands when online poker was the craze. You yeah. know, I started. Yeah. That's how I got into it. I was playing online poker, and. Um, I mean, back then, I mean, you had to jump through hoops to get your money, and yeah. you, you know, it may be a month, and a check shows up, and it may not even cash. You know, it may bounce right. at the bank. So it's good that I mean, I feel like, you know, it's legalized. Tennessee is going to get the the revenue off of it, which that's, I mean, that's a good thing. And you know, I'm so, I mean, I'm excited to see where it goes. But as far as golf betting, I'm I'm obviously I'm I'm on a, a losing streak right now. Yeah. So. I don't really get into the golfing bet. I'll do I'll do the DraftKings, you know, yeah. try to do something where I can pick a few players and try to see if I can't win a few I just dollars. like the head-to-head. You bet on the head-to-head matchups, and, like, I, I like to do that, so. No, I haven't. I, I know what you're I, – I know yeah. what you're – Well, I mean, for instance, like, this past week, I, the opening round – or the second round of the Zozo, I had, uh, I had Kevin Kisner against Jordan Spieth. And, you know, Kisner has been playing well, and – I think the first round he he beat Jordan by four shots or something. So I I bet on Kevin Kisner in the second round, and then Spieth goes out and like shoots his first bogey free round in like two years. So, <laughs> I mean that's my luck right now. Yes. Yeah. So. <laughs> so just go the opposite of what you're yeah. thinking then. Yeah. <laughs> Be like fade. It's like fade Darren Rovell. Yeah. Uh, on Twitter, <laughs> he's a. Uh, yeah, yeah. I am. I'm ex- I'm excited about the sports game, and I've I've been doing it since I was in college. I had a lot of fun doing it. I mean, I I do it for fun, yeah. just like entertainment. Well, I, I told this story the other day. I the, I remember the first time I signed up for online sports book. It was like 2002 or one or something, and I put twenty dollars in it, and my goal was to run it up to 150 so I could buy the new pair of Tracy McGrady shoes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I got it up there. I, I it was the, it was 2003 because it's the year the Marlins won the World Series, and I had a big bet on the Marlins to win the World Series, and I ended up making like 1,500 bucks or something. And then I the night after I won it, I set up and got in one of those on the the online sports book I had had like casino games, and so I got on in those online blackjacks or cra- it was craps, and like. The fifteen hundred, I got it up to like three thousand dollars, which for me back then, being a college kid, right. and like you, you know, were excited, I started with twenty bucks and I got three <laughs> grand, and then like thirty minutes later, I was back down to zero. Oh my gosh! So, <laughs> so that's uh, that was my introduction to online sports gambling. So. <laughs> I think I've gone up and down just about every year. Yeah. I, you know, if you're betting on games in general, it's hard to it's hard. Oh, yeah. I mean. It's hard to be even just fifty fifty, yeah. you know. But that's your goal. I think well, they say your goal is to make like win fifty eight percent of your bets or yeah. something like that. So. Which is hard to do. Yeah, and it's also hard to be. It's hard to be that disciplined too. Yeah. Like I'm just. You can't just you know the way I, the way I kind of do it is I just listen to a bunch of different people that are smarter than me and try to say okay I believe that theory or I don't yeah. and, you know and then. That's With my Bam, pro- I just bet them. Yeah, just keep betting them. <laughs> That's my problem. I usually read too much. Like I, I'll lay in lay in bed and 
I'll, I'll read too much into a game or something and oh. end up talking myself out of it yeah. or into something I shouldn't have. Or, like I mean, there's a point where you can have too much information. You know? Oh, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Well, this is the first for me to talk some sports gambling yeah, on the podcast. I mean, we could we could go on all day, but uh, <laughs> yep. So uh, no, I'm I'm excited about it. Yeah. I, I, I'll probably I, back to I, what I asked you. I'll probably look at dra- DraftKings or FanDuel mm-hmm. or something just to be on the legit side of it. But I'll probably keep my. They all have a, a deal right now. You if you're in Tennessee and sign up for an account. Before it goes live, then you get like free fifty dollar bet. So yeah. I've signed up for all three of them. I think there's the BetMGM app as well. So yeah. I've signed up for all three, so I'm ready to go. But there you go. But I, I've told like I'm on a gambling hiatus until I get to Las Vegas for the Masters. So I'm just kind of taking a break. Right there now. you go. Just get your stuff ready to go. Yeah, because I've had such a bad run. It and it's been weird. That, like football, college football has been so hard to bet on this year because you know, like, especially the SEC. Like, I know, like, I mean, Mississippi State beat LSU the first week, and then the the next week they scored two points against Kentucky. Right. I mean, it's just it's there's been so many weird, weird finals of college football this year. Just it's been tough one. It's been a tough one to predict outside of the ones you know we're going to yeah. be. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, some schools, you know, they had different times of practice leading into the season, yeah. and then some of them have players out for co. I mean, you should. Never, I mean, there's so many different intangibles this year that I mean, yeah, probably a good good year to take off. <laughs> Well, I've kind of enjoyed it. Like I, I enjoy the uncertainty of it. Though. Yeah, like me the, too. The score, like, um, I mean, it's just kind of been unpredictable. So I've enjoyed it. Like, I think some of the good teams in the other conferences, like the Big Ten, firing up. You're yeah. going to see these teams just beating the dust off yeah. other teams because they got to. They're not going to have the advantage of playing as many games as say Alabama. Clemson's just trying to roll everybody, <clears> and mm-hmm. you know it's just. It's just a weird year, and and I'm interested. I wish that they would have thought outside the box and said, "Okay, if we're going to do this this year, let's maybe expand it to a, a, a six team or eight team, because we got all this weirdness anyways, and let's see how it goes." But they don't, they don't have the ability to think like normal and just yeah. do something. They want to stay. And I don't know how many games is, are the Big Ten playing? Like eight, eight, so. yeah. Six in the Pac-12, eight in the Big Ten, and I don't think either one of them can miss a week. Yeah, uh, so it'll be interesting once. The, I mean, once they get down to, you know, start releasing the playoff polls and stuff, how they judge those teams that have only played, you know, four or five games. Like, I mean, they. I don't know. Do they judge of like a team that's four and zero oh, the same they would like an? I mean, a Georgia team that may be like eight and two or something. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, it'll like, be interesting. I don't know. I don't. I wouldn't envy envy them this year, but. Just depends on if they've got some sort of criteria to look at. I don't know. Yeah. I just don't know how you compare it. But I don't know. I've, do you still go to Alabama games? Not yeah. much. I mean, I I more of just enjoy watching them on TV. Yeah. I've been. I go to as much as I can. I was supposed to go this year to. I went to UT Martin, and they were UT Martin was playing down there. Was supposed to play down there this year, and they canceled it. So I was going to take my kids down there. I think the last the last one I went to, they played Clemson in the semifinals. It was the year that Tua beat. I guess they played Georgia in the national. Yeah, was that, was that it? Yeah. Yep. It was that year. Was that two years ago? Three years ago? It was funny. Like 
I was sitting at home. This is another one of my random <laughs> story. So it was that, that year. I was sitting at home on New Year's Eve that morning. I think the game was on New Year's Day. It was yeah. at the Superdome. And so I, I was like, this is another one of those situations where I was bored and just sitting there. And I was like, I'd like to go. I want to do something for New Year's because I wasn't dating anybody at the time. didn't have anything going on. So right. it's like, Hi, Alabama's playing tomorrow in the Superdome. So I got on there and I started, I went, wild thing. I, I started a GoFundMe. No. <laughs> and I, I put it on my Facebook and social media. And I was like, this is when I was working at the newspaper. And I was like, if you, because back in those days, like, you know, I'd post pictures of kids and their parents would take them and post them on their own Facebook or yeah. whatever. So I was like, if you've ever taken one of my pictures and used it for your own, then consider putting $5 in my GoFundMe so I can go to this football game tomorrow. Well, in like two hours, I had gotten like over $1,000. <laughs> like, and so like I paid, like I had like third row seats and got a hotel. Usually I sleep in my car. That's what everybody knows me for because when I travel, I sleep in my car because I'm too cheap to get hotel Oh, my rooms. gosh. Yeah. I mean, I, I now I'm going to get off on another story. We better stop. But <laughs> I, uh, So anyway, I went to the football game that yeah. year. But now I, usually when I travel, I, sl- I like to sleep in my car or I usually carry a tent or a hammock. I mean, the first time I went to California was probably five or six years ago. And like, I sat down and I made a bucket list and I was like, I, I need to start doing things. So I, the first thing on my bucket list was to drive up the coast of California, Highway 1 and Big Sur and all that. Sure. And so I I bought a plane ticket into Las Vegas and I bought a, a plane ticket back home out of San Francisco 10 days later. I didn't book any hotels, didn't book make any plans or anything. I just flew out there and rented a car and drove. And so I ended up, like, I slept on the beach. Like, I slept on an island up in, in San Francisco Harbor. Like, I hung my hammock in uh, all kinds of different places and slept in my car. And so, I mean, that's usually the way I travel. So That's wild, man. Yeah, I, I got to commend you for that. Well, I mean, I figure, I mean, like I said, the newspaper business doesn't pay a whole lot. So if, yeah. if I was trying to buy hotel rooms, I wouldn't wouldn't get very far. So. <laughs> Well, they don't got you on that kind of dime now, do they? I don't. I mean, we, Mr. Turnbow is a little more. You know, he pays a little bit there better. But uh, <laughs> I still like. I mean, I mean, I when I travel, I just like to go and sleep when I want, eat when I want. You know, yeah. see what I want, and I don't. I don't really like to have an itinerary. So you sound like the perfect travel companion. <laughs> <laughs> Or the worst. It depends well, it depends on who you're going with, yeah, I guess. I, sometimes I'll go with people, you know, and they gotta have they gotta have a bed and yeah. they gotta eat at certain times and you know, they don't wanna like when I travel, like if if I thought about it now, like say you wanted to go like I don't know how to explain this. When I travel, like I'm if I'm out in California and there's something I wanna see that's like three hours away, I'm like I'm all I'm already out here. It's only three hours. <laughs> yeah. But if I was back here and somebody's like, "Hey, we need to drive three hours to go do this," like right. in like, no. Knoxville or something, I'm like I don't want to go out there. Yeah. So, but if but if I'm out, you know, on vacation or something, and like there's something to see like three hours away, I'm like, oh, we can we can make it by lunchtime. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, so. That's the way you got to be sometimes because you when yeah. you know when you're ever gonna get back there. Yeah. You know, you just don't know. So. Yeah. And that's funny because, like, when I the first time I did drive up Highway One, it was 
it was such it was like I tried to take everything in and be like, ah, oh, this may be the only time I ever do this. Yeah. And like I've done it like six or seven times since. Like there you it's go. just it's like my favorite place in the world. So it's a beautiful country out there, I tell yeah. you. I, California gets a bad rap, but yeah. I, I I love it out there. It's you know Well, the policies and some of the yeah. things are crazy, but the the place is yeah. beautiful. Oh, I mean you got that's why I mean you got the mountains over here and the ocean over here and I mean yeah. it's yeah, it's uh it's a different world. Yep. Well, man, we're going mean, to... We got off on a lot of random We did, stuff but today. you know, it's either going to be the most interesting podcast <laughs> yeah. or people are going to tone it off. Yeah, about. Right. I love I love it, though. I love... This is what I do it for is to mm-hmm. have the conversation, get to, you know, just enjoy <clears throat> chatting. And, um, you know, I've, I've really enjoyed that, and, and uh, thanks for no, doing I, this. I appreciate you coming by. Well, yep. We'll do it again sometime. Well, absolutely we'll do it, because you got stories for days, and we can yeah. just talk about gambling or whatever. I can always talk about gambling. That's right. Well, tell everybody where they can follow you, the social media stuff, so yeah. we can give that out. And then I'll, I'll when I tweet the uh, podcast out, I'll, I'll be sure to tag all that. Yeah. So if you follow, if you want to follow golf, you just go to, uh, of course, the Tennessee Golf Associations at TN Golf on Twitter and Instagram, and then make sure to follow the Junior Golf. It's at TGF Junior Golf on Twitter and Instagram. The there's a lot of good things that go on with junior golf in this state. I know, you know, we've talked about Brant Snedeker's tour and a lot of that stuff. And I mean, not every, not every state's fortunate enough to have the kind of support we do here in the state. Cause yeah, sure. from Brant Snedeker, Scott Stallings, Scott does, I've got to know Scott real well and he does an unbelievable job. Like, you know, in Knoxville, he has the kids, Scott Stallings kids play free program where like any junior golfer can come to they have two par three courses in Knoxville. Any junior golfer can come there and play as many times as they want for free oh, wow. all, all year. I mean, so That's nice. Scott funds all that out of his pocket. And so sweet, Scott. And then Brant, like I said, he's got the statewide junior tour. And yep. I mean, we hear it all the time, kids from other states. I mean, we actually have kids that drive from Indiana, Kentucky, Alabama to play on the SNEDS tour just yep. because their states don't have anything like that. So. I mean, just there's a lot of great things that come from junior golf in this state. But I mean, got off on that. But T- at TGF Junior Golf, and so follow them. Yep. And then give a shout out to our, our section PGA upstairs. Those guys do a great job, and they're at T E N N PGA. So. Well, sweet, and uh, I can't I can't do anything without getting off on through the two or three different rants, you know. So. <laughs> You have fun conversations, don't you, with just going off in I five directions? I mean, that's and that's a big thing about my job. Is yeah. just, you know, I tell my interns or whoever wants to listen, like, if you t- don't take anything else away from this, it's to communicate and build relationships. Yep. And you never know when, I mean, I am you know might need you on down the road. And because we've talked on Twitter and stuff, sure. I mean, hey, it leads to making a podcast. I mean, you never know when one conversation out on the golf course or something's going to lead to something on down the road. So just talk to people and be yep. friendly and that's philosophy of life. Huh? Absolutely. That's, <laughs> that's a, that's a big reason why I do what I do. I mean, in, in a lot of aspects, I'm in the communication and in relationship business. And, mm-hmm. and, um, this was a, this was a thing to get to talk to people, but it's also a, a, a way to build relationships and to get, other people to know you who may not ever know you. And it's, I've never really done this about me. I don't even talk about me much, mm-hmm. but at the same time, I enjoy the conversations and can add value when I need to. And, 
And I, I just think that having those conversations builds great rapport with anything going down the road, you know, and, mm-hmm. and people that have been guests in the past, if they, other people reach out to them and say things to them and you just never know. You just never know what, what somebody will uh, come across. I mean, that's one thing we talked about those chats I did during the quarantine. I mean, I, I made so many contacts just doing that. I yep. mean, with like, you know, people like Doug Barron, who's one on, on senior sure. PGA, uh, Kip Henley, everybody yep. knows Kip, our, our famous caddy down yep. in Chattanooga. But I mean, I, I interviewed guys like that and now, you know, we interact on Twitter, we DM each other or tweet and, yep. you know, so it's, I mean, you never know when, uh, you know, where a relationship might start or where it might take you. Yep. So, I mean, I mean, that's, I mean, that's what my business is about. So. For sure. <laughs> and, you know, and if I can ever help in any way, I, I would certainly do it. And, and uh, I mean, you've got contacts that I may, I, that you yeah. think, hey, this might be a great yeah. podcast to do. Yeah. So yeah. so I, I think it'll be great. Tennessee man. golf so good. I mean, it's so good. Like yeah. the players, I mean, the people in your business. I mean, we have so many great superintendents and club pros. And, sure. I mean, across the state. It's yep. just, for a state our size, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable the, the golf community and the talent that's here. So yeah, it's awesome. Well, Darren, man, thank you for doing this. Uh, I appreciate it. It's been a lot of fun. We, we talked, we talked about so much. I'm going to have a great time going back and listening to this one. And, uh, Uh, some of it won't make sense once you listen to it. (laughs) Hey, well, we, we probably tune people off, listen, talk about Bama football and everything, but I mean, it's way, I mean, you you gotta stay away from politics and, College football. That's it. That's it. Well, I've tried to. I've tried to do both most of the time. So, well, safe travels to uh, Vegas and all that good stuff, and uh, best of luck the rest of the year. Yes, sir. And um, thanks again for coming on the podcast, man. Thank you, BJ. Appreciate your time and all you do, and uh, we'll catch up again later. All right. Well, everybody, that's uh, the end of the episode. I appreciate you listening. Go check him out on all the social medias. I'll tweet him out when it uh, uh, gets uh, sent out, but. Until next time, I will talk to you soon.